Our second reading this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through through this, he received approval as righteous, God himself giving approval to his gift. He died, but through his faith, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, warned by God about the events as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this he condemned the world." and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in a land he had not been promised, in a land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was old. And by faith Sarah herself, though barren, received power to conceive, even when she was too old, because she considered him faithful, who had promised." Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Let us pray. Holy God, your spirit, enlighten us, illumine us and inspire us, not for our sake, but for the sake of Jesus Christ in whom we live. Amen. So the 11th chapter of Hebrews uh, has been described by some biblical scholars as a sort of hero's hall of fame. Although the list of these biblical heroes lived at different times, and all of them had great successes, and some of them had some great failures, they had one thing in common, faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
All of our heroes believe in the unseen. They all trusted a promise, and they all held out and held on to things for which they had to hope for and wait for. The Greek word that we translate here in Hebrews for faith is pistis. Its, a, it's biblical definition is this, a conviction or belief respecting humanity's relationship with God, generally including the idea of trust and divine adoration. As it relates to God, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. As it relates to Christ, a strong conviction that Jesus is the Messiah through whom humanity will attain salvation in the kingdom of God. So that word conviction is repeated in each of the sections of that definition. I'm convicted this morning that Timmy and Joe and the adult choir will show up and lead us in beautiful words and song for worship. I am convicted that my friend and colleague Lib will find goodness and godliness in most any situation. These are convictions of things that are unseen, yet I know in my heart they will happen. In our reading today, I think we see the manifestation of the conviction of faith. It, it is to have a shared goal with the Creator, to catch God's vision for ourselves in the world, lives that aim for and attain goals that are also God's goals for us. These goals are found in the story of the Bible, God's divine favor on those who share His goals, salvation, inheritance, a promised blessing. Those are just a few. The manifestation of each hero's faith is laid out for us in this reading from Hebrews as a testimony of endurance and fortitude. Enoch attains immortality. Noah, salvation. Abraham, a place of inheritance. Sarah, a promised offspring. Joseph, burial in Israel. And Moses, a reward from heaven. By their faith, they aimed at and attained a, and hoped for a yet unseen goal. Now, for most of us, that's the easy part. Finding that goal. Finding those goals. Those God-given goals that are a part of who we are and for our lives. The hard part is the conviction of those things unseen. Our Heroes Hall of Fame is defined by people perceiving their goals through their faith in a reality that is not apparent to their own senses. For our heroes, those unseen realities were so clearly laid out before them that they held on to them to the very end. Our faith gives us that hope that God's truth will be revealed and that our faith puts us in touch with what is the most real thing in the world, even though it is unseen. So now that we've spent a few moments exploring that definition of faith, what it means to have that faith, I want you just for a moment to picture in your mind someone that for you belongs in that hero's hall of fame. It could be a family member, a teacher, a church leader, or just a faithful friend. Someone who you would add to this list. Someone that was important to you in your faith journey. 
Now hold that image of that person, their face in your mind for a moment and think about the qualities of their life. What made this person important to you? What made this person a pillar of your faith? Now, like uh, Courtney said, she had a superpower with the children to hear their costumes. I have a superpower to read what each of you are thinking about the person that you have drawn up. I know some things about this person through my own experience. I've learned from faithful people all my life. And I would say that the person you're thinking of is a happy person. Now, let me explain. That person that you have in your mind may not have lived a carefree life. And in fact, I'm guessing they probably have not. But they are happy. We all know people everywhere who have everything that the world can give them. Health, wealth, mobility. Yet they can be some of the most unhappy people we have ever met. We also know people with whom misfortune seems to be a constant companion, yet somehow they find happiness. I've traveled to some of the poorest places in in, in the world, in North America, Haiti, Mexico, Honduras, even here in the United States. And over and over again, I find people who are living hard and stressful lives, but yet many of them are open welcoming, and yes, they are happy. Our heroes come from all walks of life. They have lived interesting lives, but they are grateful and they are faithful. I was introduced several years ago by my wife Susie uh, to a 95-year-old Benedictine monk, uh, Brother David Stendel-Rost, Uh, Brother David, really, uh, a lot of his writings and his lectures have really captured my heart. Uh, Brother David teaches that our happiness should come from gratefulness. Now, others might say that when we are happy, uh, then we are grateful. I receive a gift of some kind that makes me happy, and so then I'm grateful to the giver, and I share my happiness with them. Brother David says that first we must be grateful Grateful for the day, grateful for the moment, and then grateful for the gift. We are grateful when we have received and we are happy. As followers of Jesus, faith is the foundation of our gratitude. When we are faithful, when we are filled with faith of of God's promise, we are grateful for that valuable gift we have received. In our Reformed tradition, this gift from God has been freely given to us. So when we are grateful for a faith-filled life, it can help be expressed in a life of happiness. Grateful living, even in the face of misfortune, makes us aware of every moment and what a gift each moment is. As my friend from Haiti, Pastor Leon, said from this pulpit just a few weeks ago, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There was never a day like this before, and there will never be a day like this again. Rejoice and be grateful. We have no assurance of another moment, yet we are grateful for the moment we have. I'm grateful for this moment to share worship with each and every one of you. 
Of course, we're not grateful for the misfortunes and the troubles of life, but we can be grateful even in those moments to learn and discern how God might be at work in that particular moment. We can always learn something about ourselves, about God in a crisis and in hard times. And in fact, it's been in hard times that I would say I've personally learned the most about God and about myself. From a very early age, we learn to protect ourselves if our clothing catches on fire. Remember, we've learned this in school, stop, drop, and roll. We all remember that. I want to share with you something that I learned from Brother David to help us be grateful. It's called Stop, Look, and Go. Stop, look, and go. Stop. Stop rushing around. Stop running around from this event to this event to this conversation to this conversation, from this experience to that experience. It's just one hop to the other. We have become so busy in our life that we no longer see the beauty of the world, the beauty of our faith, the beauty and the things that we need to be grateful for. One way to do this is to create stop signs in our everyday living, and here's a couple of examples. I have a ministry friend of mine who told me that he was really struggling with finding a time to pray. He would find a, a comfortable spot in his office or even in his home, and uh, he would settle down, and he would have maybe a list or something of things he wanted to pray about, and he would begin praying. And soon as he got into his prayer, something would pop into his mind that, you know, he needed to tend to. And so he would jump up out of his chair and run off into the other room and take care of it. Or he would think of something he needed to write down and he would pick up his paper and he would start writing himself notes or ideas. So he came up with a solution. He got a large candle and he lit it on a table that he could see from his chair and every time he opened his eyes and broke from his prayer, he would see that candle and it would remind him to stay seated, to stay still, to stay connected with God in prayer. Brother David said he puts bright little stickers on all the sources of water in his home so that every time he takes a drink of water, he can be thankful and he can be grateful for the blessing of fresh, clean water something much of the world does not have. So find a way to build into your life some physical stop signs that will help you reflect on your faith, that will help you be grateful towards God and all the things that God has done for you. When we find ways to stop, we will be open and we will open our hearts to God's glorious creation. So when we've stopped ourselves from all this activity, we can look. Look around. You're forced to look around when you stop to see the opportunities that God has placed before you. Maybe it's a neglected family member, a friend or a neighbor that could use uh, some encouragement. Maybe it's a mission or ministry of the church that you're interested in, and that ministry needs exactly the skills that you have to make it flourish. When you stop, opportunities will be made visible to you. So stop, look, and then go. Go. Once you see the opportunities that God has revealed to you, then go. Like our heroes, all of them on the go with conviction of things unseen, with a strong faith in God who desires happiness and wholeness 
for his created, what we call God's shalom. We respond with, we respond with gratefulness in our hearts. Because when we are grateful, we are no longer fearful. When we are no longer fearful, we are not angry and strike out in violence. When we are grateful, we act out of a sense of enough, not a sense of scarcity, and we are willing to share in God's bounty. When we are grateful, we enjoy the difference between people and we are respectful of those differences. Gratefulness for what God has done for us, for our community, for the world, can be achieved by people of faith who believe in things unseen. Our faith in God has allowed us to believe some things are true even when the evidence is not there. That is faith. That is the faith we claim. The same faith that our heroes had and as we practice our faith to be heroes for those that are yet to come. We are grateful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.